0: Hey guys, GBC podcast number 29. I'm Courtney Wise.
1: I'm Shane Blankenship.
0: Okay, Shane, something heavy today. Yep. It's the devil real. Yep. <sighs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you because sitting here reading the Bible, right? And mm-hmm. it's like everybody's demon possessed, right? They even accuse Jesus of being demon possessed when mm-hmm. he's talking to these, you know, gathering of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like how come we don't hear about people being demon possessed now, but we're supposed to look out for spiritual warfare?
1: Mm, that's a great question, and I mean, if you if you take it from that perspective, I think and just look at the Bible, there are a lot more. I don't know if this is the right terminology here, but there are a lot more demon minded than we are um, to even think. Well, oh, Jesus is able to heal all these people. Of course, this, these are religious people trying to figure out a way to trap him and accuse him, but they use the devil. <laughs> Um, as part of that trap, right? They they say, "Well, um, the only reason why he's able to heal these people, specifically call out demons, is because he is one of them." And then that's when Jesus, you know, he he, oh, he calls him out talking. and he goes, "Well, that makes no sense. <laughs> why? If I was a demon, why would I be calling out demons? A house divided against itself can't stand." So that's where he talks about like we would we there would be no unity in that because. Yeah. Jesus understands something. Obviously, he's God. He knows everything that I think we miss, though, um, and that is the unity that the enemy has. So we we don't hold on to this idea that um, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the forces of evil at work in the heavenly realms. Um, You know, the the scripture says that, but we don't hold on to it, and we don't. um, You know, I, I think we don't live with that. Every day, yeah, just you know, that on our minds, knowing that yeah, there really is a war going on, and there is warfare happening that even though we may not be able to see it with our own eyes, um, and maybe even hear it with our own ears, it's happening and it's real, and it's it's it is a um, it's a daily fight, it's a daily battle,
0: and it's a fight for what?
1: Um, it is a it, I mean, ultimately, it's a fight for life, um, and I say it's a fight for life because. God created me and you and, and it, all the people of the world, right? Like if, if we were born, we were created the image of God. And our number one purpose is to know him and to be known by him, um, to, 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 to make his name known. I mean, that's, that's it. That's at the crux. That God created us so that we would know him, to be known by him, and to make his name known. I mean, if you hold on to those three things, that's the essence of it. So the enemy is at work to keep you from knowing him. From being known by him, and you understanding that you are known by him, that's probably more of that, being known by him um, more than anything, mm-hmm. and then making his name known. And if you can keep us from one of the three, or two of the three, or right. all of the three, um, that's the work of the enemy, because that's where life is. Life is is in that relationship with God, and so the enemy is bent, um, not on gathering worshipers for himself, if you will, but bent on keeping you from worshiping God, from being given over to your heavenly Father... Understanding he's your provider, understanding he's your protection, understanding he will supply all of your needs, understanding that he loves you and he cares for you, and he really does have a plan for you, that he created you for purpose, meaningful purpose. If the enemy can keep us away from all of that, that he succeeds in his mission. And I think one of the things that we forget about is that church people, we are horrible at being united to bring, to to carry out God's mission that he's given us as a church. I mean, that's, Jesus ultimately says that you're going to be my hands and feet. Mm -hmm. You're going to do what I did, but we don't because we can't be united in that. You know, we've got our own agendas and we're, we're going after our own things. Well, the enemy has none of that. The enemy understands being united, which again, that's why I think to come, Full circle for just a moment, Jesus goes, well, that doesn't make any sense that you would say I'm a demon calling out demons, that I'm by the spirit of Beelzebub calling out Beelzebub. That makes no sense. They're united in their mission.
0: So before we move on, I think it's um, pretty important to make sure that we understand that like Satan's not trying to get his own group of followers, which Mm -hmm. I think I was sort of thinking that he was it's not like he wants to have his own church you know this isn't like the good church versus the bad church it's literally like he's keeping us from life mm-hmm. eternal life yeah um and and so he does that a number of ways and i think he does that a lot and and we said this in our last podcast but um you know as a mom and you're a dad you know ha- we t- we've talked before about how to teach our children to pray and mm-hmm. you know you wanted us to start with our father Mm -hmm. and so you know it's so funny you you do it a few times and the kids start to say like the last word of the our father you Mm -hmm. know and so then it just becomes like a thing and so we've been trying to do that but i don't i don't want the bible in the way that we're supposed to like differentiate ourselves Mm -hmm. um i don't want it to be like this mythical thing and Mm -hmm. i mean i've been a christian all my life and i'm just now at 38 years old sort of being like oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. like I've sort of treated the Bible like something that I can bend to my own my own truth mm-hmm. when when I think that's the enemy telling me that that's okay.
1: Yeah, um, well I think that's definitely the enemy telling you that it's okay when it comes to bending it for your own truth, you mm-hmm. know, and making it work for you because that's not the gospel. Um, and that's, that's, it's God's truth, you yeah. know, and if it's true, it's true, and if it's false, it's false. And with God, there is no in between. You know, it's yes. either truth or it's a lie, um, and
0: but as parents, it's not
1: true in one way for you, and, but but true another way for me. Right? I mean, yes. Truth is truth. Now, I think where that where there's a differentiation is wisdom. What is wise for me may not be wise for you.
0: Sure.
1: You know, um, and I think Paul kind of goes in. Into talking about this um, uh, specifically, when he's talking about you know be, be careful of your um, behavior or even your speech around new believers um, because it may keep them from God or it may weaken their faith, and so Paul is very concerned about us not weakening people's faith. What I'm getting at is the whole piece with alcohol, um, and um, um, even more specifically because that, that that comes up a little bit, but even more specifically for for them in their culture is um, eating. Eating non-Jewish foods, food mm-hmm. or drink, so he talks about that. So um, uh, let's go with uh, let's go with catfish since we're in Kentucky because mm-hmm. catfish is a bottom feeder, and so if you're a Gentile, of course you can eat all the catfish you want. Go Harpers, um, and if you are um, a Jew, you, you can't eat catfish. It's a bottom feeder fish, so uh, just like you can't eat crab, you can't eat shrimp, you can't eat. Yeah, we th- you know, those to are you about this those are so all that. those are all unclean animals. Mm-hmm. So okay, so for Paul, he's going if you. If you're in Christ and you understand it's okay to eat that, but you're around another believer who's not good with it, don't do it. If it's gonna cause them to somehow fall away from God, if it's gonna cause them to, to to um to stumble in their faith, what do you accomplish by offending them? Yeah. When you offend them, you do nothing but destroy your influence. You destroy the favor that you have. And we're so concerned about our own influence, about our own favor and our own agenda. Um, I think that we miss that sometimes. Paul's not. Paul is completely wrapped around God's agenda, like bringing these people to God and building that faith in them. So he says, "Hey, let's let's not let's not destroy that." Um, so so I think so. When it comes to wise, you know, it's not illegal, right? It's not it's not that it's right. not true or false to come back around to this. Um, you know, it may be completely okay for me to have a glass of bourbon. Um, because I'm not an alcoholic. Right. But it may not be good for a recovering alcoholic to have a glass of bourbon, even though he's now a believer, mm-hmm. um, even though there's there's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing, you know, when it comes to truth or or lie or whatever, it's got nothing to do with it. But it may be unwise for them because it could cause them to relapse and fall back into an addiction that they've worked so hard to get out of. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. So it's not that it's, you know, it's it, so that, that's where I, I talk about, you know, the truth piece. So... I think what the enemy wants us to do is twist that truth. Yes. Um, Or we make the truth about us, uh, about me specifically, and, um, you know, really so that I can get what I want or, or do what I want.
0: Well, in scripture says for us to be like on guard and to stand firm. And I know that you have preached a couple times on like standing firm. Mm-hmm. So have um, some other pastors that are super popular. And so I just remember like those two words and kind of like boxing them in. Mm-hmm. But standing firm like means that you're sort of ready at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of like ready always. And it's sort of like as I've been thinking about spiritual warfare just in – really silly scenarios like Hollywood movies okay mm-hmm. um, I've just been thinking of how <laughs> the devil and the schemes of the devil kind of worm their way in and then all of a sudden you're like oh yeah I totally said that was okay and like, it wasn't that it wa- it wasn't a terrible thing I mean Mm-mm. it's a word or it's like an instance and you just kind of roll your eyes and go with it um, but I guess it goes back to what I'm saying it's like not taking the word as seriously as maybe like we should because sometimes you're reading it and you're like these people are devil possessed i mean what is it even talking about because because we don't do you, do you see what i'm trying to say mm-hmm, absolutely. it's like it's so. sometimes it feels like it's hard to take it seriously because we don't see people walking around demon possessed and, and unfortunately we don't get to see jesus cast the demons out
1: yeah and but that's not something that we see in the United States, um, I don't think, and I don't know if it if it's an issue of faith or a culture or what. But it's you know what we look at in the scripture and go, "Gosh, that's so so we're so far removed to that," or you know you, we don't see anything like that before. Well, it wouldn't be true if you were in Kampala, Uganda. It wouldn't be true if you were in Calcutta, India. I mean, there are places in the world where people still see this. That's like it's corny. still it is still a reality, and um, you know like we look at it from the outside and go, "Yeah, I don't know about all that. I don't know if it's real or not." And you know, and we come up with an excuse, but for them in that moment it's very real. And ultimately, then who are who are we to say that that's not what's going on? And that's not what's happening. Um, we may feel differently about it if we were actually there, but I mean there are you know, there are missionary stories um where they see people's lives completely change and the only thing to explain it is the gospel. Um the only thing to to, to explain it is you know, Jesus changed their life, um, and they're no longer the same person. And not just they went from a bad person to a good person, but, um, you know, a, a demon-possessed person to no longer being possessed by that or controlled by that. They've been set free from something that we would send a person to rehab over, um, or you know, or something like that. Like, yeah. we're going to try to fix our way out of it and work our way out of it, and God's freeing people in those countries.
0: Well, it's like we've just become, like, so modern that we— um well i guess we just rely less right Mm -hmm. on god and rely more on like you just said sending someone to to rehab or whatever um and so i like as a parent you know getting back to the bible and trying to make it real for my kids Mm -hmm. um i really think that i have to and and so do you if you're a mommy or dad out there and it doesn't matter you we really have to make sure that we explain like this isn't just like Mm -mm. some this is not a story this right. is not like a fable, although Jesus totally talks in, like, these parables, mm-hmm. and it can be kind of frustrating if you're like me and you just, like, want him to spell it out, like, in a square, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, but I I mean, like, as a mom, like, I, I, f- I feel like I I really need to um, be, like, conscious of it all the time, mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, my oldest might be like, well, mom, isn't that what it says? And I'm like, Well yeah. It's just, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's hard to take it as it is and for, for the Bible to not just like sit on your shelf and just be like this mythical thing.
1: Right. Well, and I, we lose um, track of the, of the parables sometimes. And of course, for, for some of the parables, is, is, is it's foolishness because they don't believe. Um, but for the believer, even Jesus says um, says this, I mean, it, it speaks to them in a way that they can relate to it, which is the purpose of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really the story in and of itself. It's being able to relate that story to real life. Um, and so we got to do a little bit of work on this side, usually, because if we were, you know, living two thousand years ago and, and so. in the ancient world, we'd be like, "Oh yeah," because yeah. because of all this farm totally language, all this you know agricultural language, well, we would have been agriculture people. Um, but it is real, and I, so so consider this. This is from one Peter chapter five, um, and I think it's important to um, to note because if you are a follower of Jesus, then you've got to do something with this. Um, and if you will, it's a New Testament command. Listen, be alert and sober. Of mind, That's a command. Be alert and of sober mind, or sober of mind. Your enemy, and here's the reason why you should be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. That's that word that you used just a few moments ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So just a couple of things if we were going to break that down. First of all... Um, it's real and it's happening, not just to you, um, but all over the world. So Peter's recognizing there are followers of Jesus under attack everywhere, right. but there's hope. So one, be alert of sober and of sober mind so that you're thinking clear, um, so that you are seeing clear and you are reminded your enemy, the devil. So he's not talking about, you know, an idea there. Uh, he's not, this isn't a metaphor. This is literal, you know, um, your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour so he so warfare is real for the, for the early church and it ought to be real for us so there is an enemy, and the enemy is bent on destroying people's relationship with God and keeping people from God. so the devil prowling around like a roaring um, lion looking for someone to devour I mean that's not so much about killing you, you know beating you and leaving you half dead um, in the streets, taking all your money. Care less about that, uh-huh. but prowling you to pull you away from the community, mm-hmm. to pull you away from the people of God, to pull you away from going to God and giving Him the first moments of your day. Like that's that's the that's the devil picking picking you out from the pack, you know, pulling you from the fringes. And so Peter says, "Well, then resist him. Um, stand firm in the faith. You know, stand firm in the in the Greek is a defensive posture. Yeah. So it is." um you know, it's not just a, all right. I'm gonna stand here and try to take me out. Like it is, it is a defensive ready posture. It's a military term. Um, so, but, but he even goes so far as to tell you what to stand firm on: faith. Yeah. Um, and, and and then you know, you think about Hebrews, and and the author of Hebrews says it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everything we ought we, we are doing, we ought to be doing in and through faith. And so he says, like the answer to resisting the devil. The answer to being able to stay sober of mind and alert is by standing firm, being ready, defensive posture, ready to fight, in faith and through faith.
0: Well, you um, made me think of something. Um, I think a sermon. Well, you pulled it up for us a couple mm-hmm. minutes ago. I think it was in May. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you talked about um, like being separated from the flock, and then you used the word disengage and disconnected. And if you can remember those words in in your daily life, like that's the perfect. If you're out on the fringes, if you're sort of disengaged and disconnected from, like you just said, the community. That's like the. <laughs> Your target—that's <laughs> yeah. like the number. That, yeah. Like, like you have to be aware that that's where you are. Maybe you started drinking again, or maybe you started texting that girl again that you shouldn't, or you've fallen away from the mm-hmm. church. Like, that's really where. The, i mean that he's not going after which i mean he's going after everybody i mean you, you said that already yeah. but i think it's easiest to find somebody that's been disengaged or yeah. um, what's the other word disconnected mm-hmm. or separated from the flock so i wanted to share with you those notes and then you said um of sober mind and it made me think of the scripture that says like god will always give you a way out mm. um when you're being tempted mm-hmm. and like I, I was just thinking, well, if you're not on guard and if you're not being sober, like that discernment sort of gets muddied. Absolutely. And sort of backs up to what we were saying last week about keeping your vessel clear, so you know, like your arteries clear so that you can hear the word um you know from the lord you know in your quiet time and stuff Mm -hmm. so some of those things are just kind of connecting and hopefully if you listen once you just continue to listen throughout the weeks because i do think it's cool how these build on each other Mm -hmm. but i think you did a really good job kind of like um connecting the dots about spiritual warfare and um i maybe i just need to do another study on (laughs) you know like standing firm in the armor of god um because I, I don't know, sometimes you just don't think that spiritual warfare is is real. But then like when I step back, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's happening right here, right now, right above my head.
1: Well, so let me also throw something out there real quick, um, just because this is a real podcast and we don't have to worry about keeping it exactly to, you know, yeah. whatever, the, the 12 minutes or 14 Cause minutes real. or whatever, because it's real. Because um, I do think this is, this is really important so that we don't give too much credit where credit is not due uh-huh. um, when it comes to the enemy and the devil. Um, and I, we probably have said this on here, or I've said this before, um, is that there is only one Satan, yes. and he is not like God in that he is not omnipresent, mm-hmm. so that means he cannot be everywhere all the time. So that means if he is here in this room, although we cannot see him, Somehow fighting against us, he is nowhere else in the world. He's only here. Right. Um, if um, so, so he's limited in that, and
0: he doesn't know your thoughts. Doesn't know
1: your thoughts either. So um, you know, God knows knows our thoughts. He knows our heart. We see that in Jesus all the time. The enemy does not. He cannot read your mind. Um, but the enemy knows. If he's been watching us, um, the enemy knows our behavior. He right. knows our patterns. He knows what tempts us because he's been able to observe all he knows that. Our weaknesses, um, and so would anybody else if they're able to pay attention and right. watch us all the time. So there's a limited number of demons. Those are fallen angels. Those are those are you know servants of Satan, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like him. He just happens to be the chief of them. And um, there's only one Satan. So I don't know how many demons there are. We know that there's only one Satan. How many demons I have no idea are there thousands? maybe there are I have no idea um, and, and there's no indication for us on the number of them um, so that, that's limited in scope and I think here's another important thing um, for most of us, even in a practical you know sense, um, you know move away from demons and angels for just a minute. And just think about practical sense when it comes to things that you will fight against. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you only need to fight against. An enemy, Um, someone who would come against you, someone that would be, you know, a threat. Uh, That's probably the best way to look at it. So, if it's a threat, then I'm gonna have to fight the threat. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're no threat, I've got no need to fight you. So here's where I'm going with that. There are some people, you know, maybe they give credit to again where credit's not due, um, because if you're really no, if you're not moving the kingdom of God forward you're probably not fighting a whole lot of enemy battles.
0: Yeah, well, is that a challenge? I think that's a great I mean, it,
1: it could certainly be a, a challenge. I yeah. mean, if you are moving the kingdom of God forward in some big ways and bring, bring, bringing people to God, I mean, ultimately, you're probably going to face some storms. Sure. Um, that the enemy may be actually bringing on because now you have this incredible value to the kingdom of God. He does not want that. The good news of the gospel is... Is it Jesus is bigger and he is greater and he cannot be overcome by the devil. Um, and then, you know, Jesus even says this, not even the gates of hell, not even the gates of Hades will prevail against me. Um, that means any strongholds that the enemy puts up are not strong enough to stop Jesus from overwhelming, overcoming, and making free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think it's anything to be scared of. Right. Um, however, if, um, it, you know, if you're not putting points on the board, then...
0: it's such a good point
1: probably no real reason for the enemy to be messing with you um l- let's go let's go you know billy graham's not alive anymore but I've, I've always used billy graham as an example man i bet the enemy is really messing with billy graham yeah because he's got a huge audience uh-huh. um, you, you know if it's not satan himself it's you know i bet i bet demons are working there or trying to to be at work there um all the more reason to be you know sober of mind be alert you know stand guard which i yeah, you know, from what I know about Billy Graham, he did an incredible work with that. Mother Teresa and on the streets of Calcutta. I saw a, girl. I saw a um, girl,
0: Mother Teresa. Yeah,
1: you, you better know that she was encountering it. Yeah, um has for stories sure. of it. The sisters of charity have, have real life stories of of of, you know, fighting against demons, if you will. But but they prevailed and she prevailed. Um because God's greater and God's stronger. So I think that's important to keep into perspective. And again, I don't I don't want to diminish anybody's um situation of what they're going through um but uh sometimes it's maybe it's not the devil sometimes maybe uh, maybe the parking spots were just full, and the devil really doesn't care if you get a good parking spot or not. Um, you know, yeah. maybe <laughs> it's not the devil giving you a. You know, maybe maybe that your iPhone just does. Maybe your iPhone sucks. Maybe you got an old iPhone and it needs an update. It's not the devil messing with your phone. It's mm-hmm. just it's technology. You know.
0: Well, I think I think where I'm coming from mainly is is maybe a little bit more secular, Shane, and especially like from like the parenting perspective. I, mm. I think I was asking you these questions because I want to make sure that I can train up my children um in a way to understand that this this is legit this Mm -hmm. is for real like this is not like i i said i think i used the word fable um And so I think that's just something that God put on my heart maybe like this week and last week as I've been thinking about spiritual warfare. Yeah. Um, I think it could be easy to – Shane, I'm 38, (laughs) and I'm just now having this conversation with you, like with a pastor. I mean, I think I've just sort of been like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Bible, and this is what I believe in, and this is what we should do and try to be a good person. But now I'm like, uh, No. Uh, No, you know, when we watch these Hollywood videos, I mean, it's fine. It's fine to watch them. I'm not sitting here saying that we're not going to watch stuff from Hollywood anymore, Mm -hmm. okay? And I'm not saying all of Hollywood's bad, but I am saying that you can certainly watch some stuff and be like, eh, okay, that's probably not what we believe in, and make sure that my children know it. Make sure that they know, you know, it's using discernment. And so I just, like, coming from a parenting perspective, i got to make sure that I am, like, pounding it into their brains i guess all the time
1: absolutely and i think i think you should teach your children about it i think i think that those who belong to god as followers of christ we've got a responsibility about that um and we should more than than anyone you know um maybe it's not it's not something for the world to know because um, the world will see this foolishness anyways but for us who understand our fight is not against flesh and blood we ought to be um we ought to be teaching that and if for nothing else to to to, to know and believe that if we are if we're if we're actually being disciples of Christ and following God, that we are susceptible to an attack yeah. um, and should expect the attack, which is why Peter says, you got to stay alert.
0: And to teach our kids that attacks are going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. I think you know because their brains are not mature yet, they're at the point where they think like following Jesus is this like really great amazing thing, and Jesus loves me, this I know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, to start teaching them like right now, like yeah. that that Satan is prowling, and and this is actually a war for where you go next,
1: and and um, and coupled with that teaching. Um, I think it has to be in Christ Jesus, our heavenly Father. He's our strong tower. He's our mighty fortress. He is our shield. He is our strength. Mm-hmm. He is our protection. Um, he is our overcomer. Like that's that's you know, there's 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 New Testament language that I just used there. There's Old Testament language that I just used there. Um, but knowing that that He's where our help comes from,
0: mm-hmm. and. I've told my kids lately, I'm like, you know, the the demons like shudder at at the name of Jesus. That's right. That's exactly right. right. And he's light in the darkness. And so, you know, if they're scared (laughs) of the dark or or whatever, I say, you know, say the word, say Jesus out loud. And I was like, and you probably won't be scared anymore. And I know I told you this earlier. Growing up, we were sort of taught by, I don't know, some (laughs) kind of like Bible study uh, in the name of the Lord, Satan, Mm -hmm. I rebuke you. And so I think since I've been in the sixth or seventh grade, I've said that. And then I said, uh, Miss Miss Renee, she's my friend. She says, um, "Satan, get behind me and underneath my feet." Yeah. And so I th- I think to to teach your kids to say stuff like that out loud because it it does it sort of just makes everything go away.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's creating that uh, intentionality of of um, speaking the name of Jesus and and saying in in His name and His authority, and um and recognizing that yeah, there's. There is something going on that it's real, even though we can't see it with our eyes, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes even hear it with our our ears. Uh, but it's very much real, and um, the way that we combat it is is Christ Jesus is in Christ Jesus.
0: And he tells us what to do. Like absolutely, right here in this Bible that I've treated as like a <laughs> mythical thing for for my entire life. I mean, I know I'm not the only person out there that has uh, that has done that. So hopefully, this was for somebody today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um, if you if you got comments and you're able to, um, you know, got a, got a story, share it with us. We'd love to know what, what you think.
0: Well, Shane is going to be um, out of town this week, but uh, we have Curtis that's preaching mm-hmm. on Sunday, but we're still talking about the miracle. So um, if you missed the miracle from last week, it's online, um, GBC on um, YouTube, right? Yep. Yep. And um, then you get to hear Curtis preach, which is always cool to have a different perspective. And then Shane's back the following week. Yep. Okay, guys. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye.